I left Sudan like six months into the um, coup d'etat, which they were just starting against different people. And I went out to work. I was working with an American organization already. Then I took a job with them in Yemen to leave Sudan and be closer. But we have like double names. So you, your paper has a name and your like the name you use in country is a different one. So sometimes if you're lucky, you can go out. My husband was not so lucky. He was jailed. And then after that, we have to sneak him out with a different name in a different way. It took about two years of planning to get him out. I could not go back to Sudan because I was blacklisted. I have to stay in Yemen without even packing. I wanted to come to America from Yemen because of the civil war in Yemen. I left Yemen on a contract for four years, and my contract was expiring, and there was no way to go back to Sudan. So I just applied. We came on a student visa, and then we applied for a political asylum. And we have to sit down and revisit why we left Sudan, how we went to Yemen, and how we came from Yemen to here. And that was not an easy trip to revisit, especially for my husband. He was tortured. He was still traumatized with that. It took a lot of work to get the story out. When we left Yemen to come to America, we came only with our passport. We left everything because of the war. I left my car, my home, my money, everything. We just had ourselves and we left. We were evacuated with a military plane from uh, Sana'a in Yemen to Saudi Arabia. And we got the American consulate and the Sudanese consulate. They both came to the airport. And then we got our visas to come straight here to Boston. When I drove here in Boston, it was crazy. But I drove in Yemen. I thought, you know what? If I can drive in Yemen, I drive anywhere. But I found Bostonians to be worse than the Yemeni in driving. <laughs> we could not develop a taste in the beginning. The pizza, you know, that stuff was not tasty. Even the salad did not taste the same, like the tomatoes, the cucumber, even something simple as peanut butter. It has sugar in it. It took me a year or two to discover that you can get the natural one that doesn't have any sugar added. We eat the peanut butter as, um, as a sauce, actually with chili. Like it's a hot sauce. You, you dip meat in it and you eat it that way. You make it as a salad. So when the sugar was there, the first time I did it, I have to dump it all. We could not eat it. It was just too sugarized for us to, like, go ahead and eat that. For grocery shopping, it was nightmare. You go for the cheese, there are, like, 10, 20, 12 different kind of cheeses. We have only, like, one or two. You, you don't, like, white cheese, it is white cheese. You don't have that much option, but the, the, the options here are, like, uncountable. Like, you go for shopping, I get headaches. I stop doing shopping. My husband is the one doing the shopping. And then you need to read the labels. I can't do that. I don't feel like American yet, and uh, when I go home, I feel like I'm missing home here too. Like I still feel like I have to differentiate when I said home, and then I have to say home in Sudan or home in America. So I think my mistake and my husband too, and that's maybe why I still don't feel 100% Americanized, is that we were always going back home. 
That was the plan. We were here going to school. After school, we're going home. This uh, government will change. We're going home. Um, I was crying my eyes out when I have to, like, go do my citizenship exam because I did not want to leave my, my nationality. And then I was happy when I know that I can keep both of them. That what made it easy for me to decide. But getting involved in the community you live in, I volunteered into the Amherst Commission. Um, I volunteered with the graduate student. I started working. I bought a home. So we start like, you know, feeling that this is home.